We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's studio here at the ABC and Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome our panel. It's Bridie Connell, Gary Eck and Tommy Dean. With the music, it is the stars of Mamma Mia, the ABBA musical. And our audience this week from Collaroy, Roselle, Borkham Hills, Padstow, Wesley and Five Dock and to those people from out of Sydney, where the bloody hell are you? But before all that, here is the news from nowhere. Jocasta and I are sitting at the kitchen table. She has taken it upon herself to calculate my body mass index, my BMI. (laughs) So she will know, based on the ratio of my height to my weight, whether I should lose some kilos. How tall are you? She asks. With a slight swagger of pride, because I'm a man of decent height, I supply the required figure. Immediately, she disputes it. Well, you used to be 185 centimetres, but you haven't had your height measured for years, she says, and people get shorter as they get older. I'm going to knock off five centimetres, she says, maybe ten. Now, Jocasta often comes up with these scientific observations. In her career as a TV screenwriter, she has written a couple of medical dramas and now lives under the misapprehension that she's a doctor. (laughs) The discs in your spine settle over time, she says. By the time you get to 90, you're basically half the height you used to be. I, I find this hard to believe. If that were true, I tell her, people would need to lower their kitchen countertops as they get older. (laughs) And Jocasta sighs, as one might do when dealing with a naughty child. Oh, no, by that age, she says, people have been doing things for so long they don't need to have a direct view of every task. (laughs) If they want to make toast, they just do it by touch. And she describes the theory as she butters a slice of toast above her head (laughs) in a way that does admittedly look quite credible. Next, Jocasta quizzes me about my weight. I suggest a figure that she regards as fanciful. When she asks me to weigh myself, I decline on the grounds that I'm currently retaining water. (laughs) Jocasta says this is unlikely. What you are retaining is tuna casserole. I'm going to add three kilos. Sensing her resolve, I focus on upgrading the figure she's using for my height. It may be my only hope of avoiding a lifetime on half rations. I don't feel any shorter, I tell her. I get up and circle the kitchen table, my neck stretched, my chin raised and my nose tilted upwards in the style of a young woman in a deportment class. I feel like a cross between June Daly Watkins and a giraffe. (laughs) I'm getting taller by the moment. I say, and Jocasta flashes me a derisive look. Putting your nose in the air doesn't make you any taller. You just look like an aristocrat trying to avoid the smell of your own fart. (laughs) As I sit down, I can feel my vertebrae settling. Maybe I am getting shorter. There must be some way of regaining my height. I I could buy a medieval stretching rack and ask Jocasta to tighten it until I scream in agony. 
She might even enjoy herself. Or I could hang from a tree branch, my strength, my spine lengthening by the minute. I seek advice from Jocasta since she's a medical professional. Actually, we are all taller in the morning, she says, compared to the evening. Did you know this is true? Apparently you're, you're there and then the... Uh, no, no. Struck with this idea, Jocasta goes back to her calculations, this time emerging with two figures, my BMI first thing in the morning and my BMI in the evening. (laughs) By my reckoning, she says, you start the day as merely overweight before tipping into clinical obesity at about 7.30 each night, 10 minutes after your second beer. (laughs) I decide to accept her adjudication. I find it quite optimistic because even if I end every day as a clinically obese leprechaun, I start each morning in a much better place. A tall man holding obesity at bay, shaking his fist at the heavens and daring gravity to do its worst. <laughs> That's the news from nowhere. How dare she? Rock solid, Richard. Yes. Stomach. Look at that. Rock solid. Listening to that really made me adjust my posture, though. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm worried about my discs compressing. Yes. June Daly Watkins. She said she always said she used to come into the studio and give us lessons uh, before her before she died. And she used to say you had to mm. pretend that there was a cord connected to the top of your head, which was lifting you quietly upwards as you mm. walked. Yeah. And if you do that, you end up looking like a ponce. But you know, <laughs> you do have you do get taller. Yeah. Now let's uh, check you up with this week's news. What was just not cricket? Mm. Oh, I love that phrase. It's just not cricket. Old chap. I just enjoy that so much. We're talking, of course, about uh, a diplomatic scandal. I was bracing for World War III. Prime ministers from the world over were weighing in about the controversial stumping in the second Ashes test. Rishi Sunak, Mm. British PM, Mm. said that this simply was not in the spirit of cricket. And I agree because it's... Cricket is not interesting, but this, this was interesting. <laughs> I have never been so glued to the cricket news. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I mean, it's, it's weird. I mean, everyone watched it and went, you know what, you're out. Stop complaining. Mm. It's so obvious. And, I don't and, think the word complaining was the, the, the technical term. No, that's true. When yeah. complaining is done by an Englishman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a whinging, I think. But, <laughs> I mean, everyone's told as a kid, you know, not to go wandering off like that. And he went wandering off like that. Mm. I mean, even his own mum would have given him out. <laughs> I honestly, and I reckon they should make the batsman's mother the third umpire. Oh. And I reckon if you throw it, that would have been a different story. Then they throw to the third umpire, and then his mum would have come on and says, Johnny, darling, I've looked at the replay, and you shouldn't have gone wandering off like that. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to your father, and we both agree you're out. <laughs> You've been grounded for a week, so don't go wandering off like that again. <laughs> You're more, out. Yes. More mums in sport generally. I think. Yeah, totally, yeah. But he gets right. I think there's this, what's fascinating about the story is that it encompasses almost the entirety of the lived experience. Uh, as we've discussed it, we've seen the idea of hypocrisy, the idea of precedent being challenged, the idea of the line. What is the line of the law? And the line of the law is very clear and in this case violated. And yet, we still want to argue for mercy. They still invoked the spirit of the law, and shouldn't we be better people and let it go past? And then, when we didn't, then the Ben in the long room showed us that they know nothing about the spirit of cricket. (laughs) (laughs) They were very quick to invoke the spirit of non-humanity as they yelled at our people who did not invoke the spirit of cricket. Uh, There is a line. And if we only use sport... As a metaphor, what is the one metaphor from all sports that has crossed into our lives? 
You must keep your eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. He didn't keep his eye on the ball. It's, I just I don't understand why everybody got so teacupped out of it. Here's a better example. If we take this from real life, uh, let's say you were standing waiting to cross the road, right? And uh, the, as the, the traffic the signals uh, turn yellow, you would think to yourself, well, the traffic should be preparing to stop. So I'll just get a bit of a head start <laughs> and walk out into traffic. Yeah. But then the car is thinking, yellow light, that's one of the great gray areas of traffic law. <laughs> Maybe I'll just scoot through it. Mm-hmm. And you've stepped out, and he's run you over. But, officer, it was in the spirit of the law. Please. <laughs> now, I get that the metaphor falls down, because if we apply it to this, uh, Australia is driving the car and clearly aimed directly at the pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I- but we've got a lot of history to make up. First the fall of Singapore, and then this. <laughs> of course we're annoyed. So annoying. But it, is, uh, it always is a delight. But um, like, I, think, I think all of life is played in a line, and nobody likes the line. The line, I think, is the great metaphor of this story, is that whenever you're on, we saw it in COVID. Remember the, all the great stories of the line of lockdown? The people on the north side of the street were locked in their house, but the people on the south side of the street would have barbecues to mock the people on the north side. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody likes the line. The line always kind of sucks. If you miss the train by a second, you still miss the train. It sucks. So but the train leaves. But that's the law. Stick, that's up, the stick law. by your crease. But they're, they're learning law. their lesson in English because I, I noticed the English batsmen keep going, is it all right if I leave my crease? <laughs> <laughs> right? Can I go now? Is it all right? And the train's like, no. Nah. <laughs> You'll get out, mate. Yeah, stay there. Yeah, you stay, stay there. there. Stay there. All right, from this week's news, who will be hoping for a good thread count? What's this about? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, this is um, our friend Mark Zuckerberg. Who's uh, he's? Well, he owns Instagram. He owns mm. Meta. I don't owns know what that is. I don't know. I don't think he owns everything. You know, he owns everybody. True. Yeah. <laughs> he owns me. I think. Um, but he's released a, a sort of like a competition to Twitter, which is called Threads. Mm-hmm. Which is I don't know. For someone who has all the money in the world, you would think you would come up with a better name than Threads. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's such a dumb name. I mean, and even the graphic design is like the at symbol if it started wandering out of its crease. <laughs> <laughs> Threads. I mean, it's like what do you, the logo would be a spool of cotton or something. I don't know what is. You don't. You tweet someone. That sounds cool. Like I'll tweet you. I tweeted, but I well, threaded. You could, well, you could stitch them up. Yeah, I could stitch. Oh, see, that's true. Stitch. I'll stitch you up. Oh, nice. See, that's better. See, Richard, that's so much better. Mm. Stitch. stitch. Stitch is better than thread. I would subscribe to Stitch. Yeah, for I'll sure. stitch. Yeah, I'll stitch you up. Stitch it. See, that's cool. But thread it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's signing up to that? I'll thread you later, you know. <laughs> well, at least they're not having a, you know, Last time I heard they were having a cage fight, right, the two of them. The two billionaires were seriously saying they're going to have a, stay, a cage fight. They're yeah, very unhappy. Tough. They're very unhappy with each other, and I'm just putting it out there. They are going to be even unhappier when they find out that a third rival to Twitter is coming out, which I am launching. This is my official campaign launch, and the name of my app is Can You Please Stop Talking? These noisy billionaires, shush. It's a long name. I'm workshopping it. I don't know what the logo will be yet, but I am so over Zuckerberg and Musk News. Yeah, it is. Don't I think dominate. an app called Shush, where you dedicate yourself to not post anything nor read it, would be yeah. great. <laughs> so we've got two ideas. We've got Stitch, we've got Shush. This has now yeah. become, oh, this That's is very right. exciting. They seem to hate each other so much, Tommy, these They two. do, but I also, I'm concerned for you and your profession. Uh, because everyone in radio and the news is taken to supplanting research with Twitter. Uh, you just say, you know, there's some things happening in the world. Hold on a second. And, oh, 
Joe from somewhere says it's not good. That's what it is. No, it's Stockholm Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, The the relationship of the traditional media to to all social media is Stockholm Syndrome. We know that they are our tormentors who are slowly ruining our lives and yet we are paradoxically Mm. so keen on them. You have nothing. (laughs) So once Twitter collapses and Threads fails to cut off, uh, I have a terrible feeling there's going to be a lot of dead air. <laughs> and that's where Shush comes that's in. That's right. Yeah. Proudly brought to you by uh, Bridie what, Connell Industries. What movie shows that global politics is beyond their ken? <laughs> their ken. <laughs> their ken. We're talking about Barbie, which currently and for many years has been my favourite topic of conversation. I'm so excited for this movie. But uh, the, the upcoming Barbie feature film... Has been banned from Vietnam. There's uh, in, in back of, in the back of one of the shots, a map is seen, and the map features the nine dash line, which is a very contentious territorial claim by China and the South China Sea. So, um, a few countries that have claims in that part of the world uh, have have banned the movie, including Vietnam. But then this made me think about. I don't know if anybody is aware of this, but as a Kiwi, I am very aware that New Zealand is often just left off the mm. map mm. altogether. And yeah. there are so many movies and ads and TV shows where New Zealand just doesn't exist because they use mm. this old, like, um, Europe-centric map, which just forgets about New Zealand. <laughs> well, you so, should be like the Vietnamese. You should ban those movies, yeah. ban those TV shows. I've banned all TVs from New Zealand. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, re- it's really that boring. Means no shows at all, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you ban something, though, I mean, all it's going to do is kind of create a black market. That's mm-hmm. what happens. So you'll be, you'll be shopping in Hanoi. Someone's going to be, you want to watch Barbie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got the nine-dash line scene. 4K, full colour. Come on, man. <laughs> or, you know, it could be more subtle, like, uh, hi, are you interested in a barbecue? <laughs> Yes, I am interested in watching a barbecue. Does it come with popcorn? <laughs> That's, you know, that'll happen for you sure. Think, like the Punch and Judy's will show up? Like, somebody will actually get Barbie dolls and there'll be like little performances on the street where you just yeah. quickly <laughs> duck into the alley and then Barbie will stand up. The problem is Vietnam is a terrible test spot. What? No, no. <laughs> but you're right. Anything you're told you can't have, it just makes you want yeah. it more. So maybe it's a, a marketing move. Okay, you know? the great question is, is it just an accident by the filmmakers or are they trying to suck up to China by knowingly mm. putting this controversial map in their movie? But it's not something you do by accident. I mean, who puts a map and goes, I'll just put those nine dashes there <laughs> haphazardly for fun? You know? Well, a Morse <laughs> a Morse fan. <laughs> a Morse fan. It, feels, it feels like an oversight. I don't know if you know the history of Barbie, but Barbie and Ken, for that matter, a lot of things have been left out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to look to Barbie and Ken for true anatomical truth <laughs> in the world that we live in. <laughs> In fact, thanks to McDonald's placemats uh, that I colored in as a child, I was fully unaware of New Zealand for years. <laughs> <laughs> quite quite surprised when I went there. I grew up there and I had no idea where I was. We weren't on a map. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. We have Bridie Connell, Gary Eck, Tommy Dean, and our lovely audience. Thank you for coming. And what a treat. Uh, now, researchers at the ANU have developed a talking pot plant which measures the moisture of its own soil and demands watering and fertiliser when needed. Which objects in your household could benefit from being, the gift, from being given the gift of speech and what would they say? <laughs> Gary Egg. Well, look, my household objects could talk. I'm pretty certain they'd develop a sort of sarcastic... Mm. kind of, you know, have a go tone. <laughs> like my vacuum cleaner would be... You missed a bit. 
<laughs> missed another bit. And keep you've missed keep missing it, Gary. <laughs> Gary, Gary, what do you what, what do you think I am? Am I gonna do it for you? No, Gary, I'm not. Come on, you missed a bit. Even my shower would be having a go. It'd be like, oh come on, Gary, seriously, you're gonna have another twenty minute shower? There's a drought. <laughs> There's a drought. I mean, you've got no hair. What are you washing? What do you my shampoo bottle would start singing, memories. <laughs> I, <laughs> My lawnmower, my lawnmower wouldn't even recognise me. That's the problem. I mean, it wouldn't even know who I am. It would like, what are you doing? Who are you? Get your hands off me. What you, I haven't seen you. What are you doing? Get away from me. Get away from me. And my fridge, at least my fridge would give me warnings. I like that. I could open the fridge and it'd be like, Gary, don't eat it. It's been there for two weeks. Come on, seriously, don't touch it. It's going to make you sick. Don't do it, Gary. Gary, Gary, uh, he's eating it. Unbelievable. You know what? I'm running off with the shower. <laughs> and the lawnmower. We're gonna we're gonna hope we're gonna get our own place. That's a soap opera I would watch. Mm. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna but throw in some other songs. I fully well. agree. The fridge needs to be lit up, but I want it to be more helpful. Mm. You know, like we you know there's a lot of jokes about the internet fridge accidentally overordering yeah. the milk, but I wanted to tell me, uh, because with three children, uh I never know where the thing is I want that's in the fridge. <laughs> if the fridge could just say, uh lower left short. Then <laughs> this in the low counter, back behind the butter, further, further. <laughs> there it is. Good job. <laughs> like especially, that especially that beard. You know the, the late at night beer? The yeah. late at night beer, which you remember, must be behind the cabbage, but never yeah. is because you drank it three nights before. <laughs> and you're rooting around in yeah. the fridge and you're moving the cabbage and you're moving the uh, – you're peering behind. It's yeah. just not there. Yeah. Or, the, or after you've had like a barbecue where all your friends brought different beers. And you're after something specific. And it's like, nope, IPA. Nope, IPA. Nope. I- there you go. Lager. <laughs> yeah, that'd be handy. Yeah. Too much hops. Too much hops. Yeah, no, too much hops. Not for you. Not for you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, you can have one that says you reach for the chocolate and says, don't eat the chocolate, Gary. You'll end up like Richard. You know? <laughs> There's a photo of Richard pops yeah. up. Yeah. I want him to work. I want to be in my problems. I want him to work with you. Like, not only the, like, the lawnmower is upset, but I want the, like, the leaf blower mm. you know, everybody, you know, to just show how angry it is. I'm trying to do a job here. <laughs> you know, you guys are jerks too. I hear all your neighbors looking at me. I'm just trying to do a job. <laughs> just, just like that. Being this noisy yeah. is necessary. Yeah. That's what has to happen. <laughs> this man needs to see his walk. <laughs> Leaves are dangerous. <laughs> I'm moving him over here. Over here. <laughs> Someone else's leaf blower. Yeah. That's right. Mine, mine would be quieter, but I think equally helpful. Which is that my house is mostly just full of half-drunk cups of tea. That's really how I've furnished my house. And all I want is my cups of tea to be sentient and say, "Lounge next to the pot plant. Here I am." And then that would—that's all I need. I just can never remember where I've put them. And now there's just tea everywhere. And then you make another one. Do you? Of you course, make I make one. another one. I can't time. not be drinking tea. Yeah. How many cups? Uh, what's, what's the habit? What's the habit of your <laughs> Oh, we're talking 10 a day. Well, really? we're talking 10, 10 a, day. a day or five a day over 10 cups. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how much tea do you drink? Is that too much? I don't drink any tea. Oh. I mean, hey, most, people, most people make two pots a day and have uh, yeah. two, two cups from each. That's right. Yeah. Welcome back to Tea World. And um, our next guest uh, loves tea. He's Earl Grey. Give Earl it Grey. up. <laughs> Are you ready for the wheel of death, ladies and gentlemen? There's the wheel of death. Our lovely audience here have contributed to these topics. Taylor Swift, Marathon, Cats. Is that perfume? 
Yes. Maybe uh, egg beater, gin, sparkle, peewee, buses, uh, prickly pear, toast, insults, God's own mittens, and we're back to Taylor Swift. Which ones fill you full of fear, Tommy Jean? Egg beaters. I yeah. just don't believe in violence. Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows today's topic for Mr. Thomas Dean is. Sparkle. 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 Who who suggested? Thank you very much. Debbie suggested sparkle. Thank you so much. (laughs) For nothing. Thanks for nothing. Well, it feels, it feels, because one of my favorite words is effervescence. And what is effervescence but the sparkle of in your mouth? I believe. Yeah. If I'm using the word properly. Yeah. Uh, And what have we had today? We've already sparkled so many times. Uh, Twice. We sparkled with ABBA. Was forward, was backward, but it was the same. <laughs> ABBA is it, the same. Oh, I see. Right. Forward is yeah, back, forward. Back. Yeah. That took a while. It did take a while. I feel like there's a lack of sparkle. <laughs> In um, man, this is, you know, the problem is, is there's no direct, I'm, I'm torn here uh, because I don't know what to do. Well, sparkle is the sparkle. Well, I mean, I know what it is. I can right. define it. I can define sparkle. Uh, well, we associate it with stars. We associate it with Christmas. We, we associate, associate it with glitter. Champagne. We associate it with champagne. We associate it with Mardi Gras. You guys are so good at this. There's a fairy, I think, called sparkle as well. We're good at this because we don't have to do it. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> it's I not was, our life yeah. that hangs in the balance. I was the wheel of death is for you, Tommy. I was associating it with plugs and um, oh. sparkle plugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, and there's, uh, there's an excellent band in America called Sparkle Horse. Uh, they're quite good. Uh, so now we'll just think of things that have the word sparkle in them. Uh, like you said, sparkling wine. Oh, yeah. Um, we look for a sparkle. A sparkle is like a twinkle, but bigger. If a twinkle evolved, it becomes a sparkle. Is that how it works? <laughs> and, you know, the 4th of July just went past, and uh, we have things in America. Uh, you have them here. Uh, sparklers, uh, which is also future toddler burn. <laughs> Depending on at what point they encounter the sparkler. Um, and they're quite nice. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to. Well, it was spa- sparkling wine. Is. Sparkling you're not allowed wine? to call it champagne. You can't call it champagne anymore. anymore. It but does it sparkle? I think what really sparkles is the personality after it consumes it. <laughs> That's what I think. In fact, one of my greatest memories is with Richard Glover uh, years ago uh, through a, uh, a uh, conveyance of much champagne, um, a very expensive champagne at that, uh, due to some sort of commercial arrangement we had at the time, which was legal. <laughs> and uh, we drank over, I think we calculated it, $9,000 worth of sparkle. <laughs> Worth of sparkle, you can't be out here drinking the dollars. Yeah, that was a buck per sparkle. <laughs> it was, it was crazy. It was uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, so now that I think about it, I've never had as much fun since then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, who's mainly a Coca-Cola drinker, refused to drink any of the champagne at all until I told him how much it cost. At which point, he, at, which point not obligated. at which point he drank it. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, Richard, because when I was a tiny wee toddler, I hated fizzy drink. And my dad was quite happy about this fact because so many toddlers and kids love fizzy drinks. I just, I, blew it, I thought it tasted really weird. And my mother sat me down one day and said, Bridie, darling, what do you want to be when you grow up? Grow up? And I said, when I was three, I want to be a movie star. And she said, well, then you have to learn to like fizzy drinks. And I said, why? And she said, because actresses only drink champagne. And it's great parenting advice. <laughs> Don't ask too many questions. But to this day, mm-hmm. champagne is the only fizzy drink I like. Yeah. Just do 
what Mum yeah. told you. It, yeah. I'm just following orders. Yeah, he's got a Coke habit as well. <laughs> yeah. That stuff is sparkly. <laughs> I mean, that's why they put it on mirrors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just to tone it down. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, does he die? I think he's finally got to die. Wait, does no, he? no, no, no. Now, please, put me out of my misery. <laughs> does he die yes. or does he live? Tommy yes. Dean has left the building. He lives, but unenthusiastically. It's Friday with Richard Lover. Yeah, what is that? Occasionally, karma comes back, and I wasn't going to say this out loud, but I've been quietly doing jokes behind the scenes, but I believe I may be one of eight people in the world that don't like ABBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. He admitted this at the beginning of the show. And let's just say it's ruined every wedding reception I've been to. There's so many holes in wedding receptions that I've attended oh. where everyone just goes ABBA crazy because ABBA is the music of love. And then they sang yeah. songs yeah. right at my hate spot. <laughs> I and think it would ruin a wedding reception if they didn't have ABBA. And verve. And so it was never a big, it was never, they were never big in America? And, oh, uh, they're huge. Oh, they? I no, because it was I cleaned my house to ABBA. Maybe that's it. Oh. Maybe it's because my mom made me vacuum mm. to Fernando. <laughs> Maybe that's what drove me over the edge. Mm. There's dust in the air, Fernando. Yes, it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. But there was a, remember the the, uh, the cover band Beyond Again mm. huge when I was at yeah, uni. Yeah, they were yeah, massive, yeah. and they 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 went to Europe. And actually performed to twenty thousand people, like as a cover band. As a cover band. Imagine cover that band. if they actually like Abba came back and their first gig was supporting Beyond Again. <laughs> One of the best concerts I've ever been to, and when I say best, I mean soul-crushingly awful, um, was at school camp. But on the final night, they'd arranged for a, a special local um, act to come on in and, and do a performance, and it was. <laughs> This is true. Uh, an ABBA saxophone tribute band, <laughs> but two of the four were sick, so it was just two saxophonists playing harmony lines to ABBA backing yeah. tracks. I loved it. I have never laughed <laughs> so much in my life, but I don't think it was the full theatrical okay, experience. But enough, enough of James Valentine. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's stick to the drive show. Uh, now, Netflix has opened a pop-up restaurant in LA featuring dishes created by celebrity chefs who have shows on Netflix, uh, such as Australia's Curtis Stone. So if he makes a, a meal on the show, they serve it in the restaurant. If a pop-up restaurant was to serve dishes representing the full range of TV shows oh. and not just the mm. cooking ones. What dishes mm. would you like to see featured? Bridie Connell. That is such an exciting prospect. I just, uh, I'm always thinking about food at all times. Um, it, to the extent that reading Lord of the Rings when I was younger, I was like, why, why stop going on adventures? Have second breakfast. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> eat. Eat more food. So I would definitely go, I think, into the fantasy realm, Game of Thrones type area where I'm like, no, 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 leave the battles, leave all the wars, let's have some roast boar and some mm. mead. Mm. I think that would be excellent. That's what I'd go for. Or Twin Peaks because who doesn't like cherry pie and diner coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Again, Gary, leave we, the murders. Can Netflix have a pop-up restaurant to celebrate the whole of television? Oh, I mean, you'd have to have a, uh, a restaurant around the crown, <gasps> you know, mm-hmm. with King Charles fine dining. He can actually be the waiter as well, you know. I I really recommend this wonderful the uh, the, the, the Buckingham and eggs. 
you know, it comes, comes with a cup of tea. Earl Grey's back. Earl Grey's back, yes, a cup of tea. Everything comes with a cup of tea. If you order a cup of tea, you get another cup of tea. Oh. And a biscuit. Everyone gets a biscuit that I personally lick, Richard. And the corgi. Corgis lick it as well. It's a, it's a wonderful biscuit with a cup of tea. A cup of tea. <laughs> I really like doing this. This is so uh, soothing. It's so soothing. It's like what are you, ASMR mm. with King Charles. <laughs> go, go to bed, you little twat. <laughs> now, just annoy me so much. Ponce, <laughs> ponce. <laughs> and of course, uh, he, the waiter would write down the the, uh, the, the, the orders with his fountain pen. Yeah, and then yeah. the fountain pen would go wrong and he'd freak out. joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that'd be a good one, and uh, I think Breaking Bad because I was a huge. You guys, oh, yeah. yeah, Breaking Bad. You want the you want the Hermano's chicken. Hermano's chicken, yeah. Oh, if you don't leave a good tip, you leave with yeah. a breaking leg <laughs> and, and a breaking arm, uh, and if the food's bad, breaking wind. So, yeah. <laughs> Orange juice is the new black. Is that one? Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who, I always saw because they, they could do pop ups in all those useless Telstra phone booths that no one uses. <laughs> I've ever seen anyone make a call from one of their everywhere in the city. There's so many of them, that, but and they're free. Did you know that? Yeah, there's yeah. one on my street. I've never seen anyone go in. I've never seen anyone come out. But everybody, <laughs> but everyone's got a mobile phone, right? Which has got the internet on it. So why would they need that? I know, but if your phone dies, you just grab that phone. Yeah, and and well, you take it home with you, I guess. <laughs> Chuck it on your back. Do you need a hand there, mate? No, it's all right. I got this one on my own. Or what if you're by yourself and you can't find your phone? So you think, oh, I'll just call my phone and see if I can hear it ring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this cord is so short. <laughs> I am so short. So what other shows? What other oh, shows? what else? Uh, well, Mash. I think Mash would be good. The yeah. classic Mash. You don't. Uh, well, there's no tables. You just go in. You just lie in a hospital bed. And um, I'll have the cab sav intravenously. If that's okay. <laughs> and do you recommend the steak tube fed? <laughs> oh yes, I do. Yes, I do. And what would they serve with the steak? Oh well, mash. just mash. <laughs> yeah. But remember, they, they used to have so many scenes in the in the mess hall, mm. the mess tent, the yeah. mess tent. And I just thought that would always be a fun way, you know, to, to relive those moments. Is you know, go in and get the slop on the tray as you walk <laughs> past the splap. Can I get some more splap splap? <laughs> Toast and gravy. Yeah, well, it's prison, really. Basically, <laughs> that's where you get when you said orange is the new black. All that we, they have these in America is called it's called lubies. It even sounds like the sound that weird food makes when it hits the tray. <laughs> Luby, <laughs> Luby, and it's literally like it's just like it's in a it's it's very popular in Sun City in Arizona, which is like a retirement community, like literally a retirement community, a zoned area of a state for people that are 55 years or older. And they just have these cafeterias uh, for people that can't be bothered going to cruise ships. I'll have the jello and I'll have the other jello and I'll have the that porridge in jello. I'll have that. And just... so it's a cruise ship without a gangplank. Yeah, it's basically. great. <laughs> it's all you can eat. You can just have as much as you want. Just keep going back. I don't think I had enough of the Jello. I'm going back for the second Jello. <laughs> Boom! Hit me again with the slop. Delicious. He's so good. The one I've always dreamed of because I grew up with it is my favorite cartoon was the Flintstones. I've always wanted to drive through uh, with the giant dinosaur steak oh, yeah. Yeah. on the oh, side. Yeah. Now we're getting close. That tomahawk. Have you ever had a tomahawk yep. steak? Yeah. Yep. Tomahawk steak is getting pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> if we could get that in the drive-through. Because was Renaissance fairs ever a thing here? 
Yeah, there are a few around. Yeah, because the, the turkey leg was always the great moment in the Renaissance Fair. It was smoked turkey leg, and they're giant, like a giant drumstick, and walking around a Renaissance Fair. You know, besooth to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only reason to go, but so good. Where did they so get the turkey good. from? From, from turkeys. It was an emu, was it? Mm. No, why not? Why not? Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, just like a kid on a stick. Tell <laughs> me! What? It comes with its own stick. <laughs> it's like a recycled meal. Yeah, yeah, like toffee apples all over oh, it. No, no. It also gives you a toothpick if you got yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. It's a perfect um, meal. Now, Tom, Tom Cruise is in town, the actor who famously does most of his own stunts. If you could get a stunt man or a stunt woman, to take over parts of your life, what would you get them to yeah. do? Gary Eck. Well, um, it would be good, like, if you went to a restaurant and you got really bad service, not really rude, <gasps> that the next week you could send your stunt double back oh. as you and just, like, get a table for one but then trip over the tables, knock everything over, you know, catch fire, just run around like a mayhem going, ah, something's right for giving me bad service. <laughs> ah, and then just smash through the, the window, just smash it. you got Because every stunt person dives through a window, so you've got to have one of those scenes. And, then, you know, it's probably, I don't know, not a great way to treat McDonald's. But anyway, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> but why not just take him with you? Like, take him with you. That would be, like, like, a true oh, stuntman. Oh, you have yeah, dinner so, like, You have your dinner, person. and you're like, I'm going to do a runner. Go! How <laughs> <laughs> depressing is this when you started saying that? I thought, oh, that's a great idea. So instead of you having have, have to have the confrontation to yeah. ask for a better table, you make them do it. No, 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 no. It's not about confrontation and being assertive. It's just about fully going. Oh, yeah, re- re- smashing the that. joint. But yeah. what if you did that in, in King Charles's restaurant? He wouldn't like that. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Off with his head. He's off with his head. And uh, guards, Richard. <laughs> Guys, guys, I'm just this Tom Cruise having him killed. <laughs> can I do that as King Charles? I think I can. Just let me. Yes, I can. I do can. Um, but my stunt, I mean, my stunt guy would be so bored because I would just get him to do all the really boring, mundane stuff, like mm. go to the supermarket and go do shopping. <laughs> but I'd make out that it's really dangerous. You know, that wobbly wheel, if that comes off, man, you, it's, it could be really, you know, you could be in trouble. And oh, yeah. You know, banana skins, you get one of those, you're, you're going to slip, you're going mean, you to... You need to do all the grocery shopping every week. But I think the supermarket is dangerous these days. I mean, yeah. the, the one near yeah. us, they've refitted it all out. It's now like yeah. some sort of Florentine market. You know, there's fish, That's true. In, fish in tubs on the floor instead yeah, of behind yeah. the counter. The tomatoes mysteriously are now in, in baskets in Wicker baskets. Yeah. On. I half expect Rick Stein to be there picking through the tomato. Like it's and it, there's so it's, it's so unhygienic. Yeah, and then the, you know the I want to say put the fish behind the counter again. Yeah, and the deli's always mad. Like everyone's waiting for their number. Yeah. You know, it was seventy XB. Yeah. Let's get out. Yeah. And they've, and they've now managed to put all the items in different places in the supermarket. So, so you want some ghee or something to cook some Indian food. And yeah. You don't know whether it's next to the butter or in the international mm. foods or in the Indian section or yeah. in beauty aids or, you know, it could be anywhere. Yeah. So you're wandering around trying to search, bursting into tears in aisle five. <laughs> it's terrible. That's why you send your stunt person. Get your stunt person. Yeah, they can smash through that tin of tomatoes that gets stacked up, you know. <laughs> right, that scene always happens. Just smash, all the stunt people will be going to the supermarket. It'll be hilarious, just running into. Oh, do I struggle with this? Because I don't know. Are we are we actually talking about stunt people? It feels like we want like bodyguards and muscle. You can use them however you like. Right, I mean, they're, thinking, they're right? there permanently with you, Tommy, like they're with yeah. the actors to do I mean. whatever I you want to do. Embolden me to be a different person. Like I might suddenly, I'm quite uh, sedate in traffic. 
Um, I, I quite often let people just cut me off because I just know that you can't beat Sydney. So I'm fine with that. I feel a little bit intellectually righteous. But now if I've got a stuntman, maybe I'm like on the horn and shutting things off and screaming out some choice words for people. And then if the other guy yeah, decides like, that he's like gonna, Spockle, yeah, if he like gets out of the car and wants to have a go, I'll be like, yeah, let's go. Get a max. <laughs> I'm on the train, and suddenly it's all, you know, locked up because there's nowhere to go. I'm like, I want to sit down, but all the seats are taken. I think I want that seat right there. Have a word to the kid in the backpack. <laughs> Maybe it would send you in the other direction, Tommy, because if you had a stuntman to unleash... Yeah. All this rage, mm. maybe you would transcend to a higher plane of zen and yeah. calm than you have ever achieved before. No, my argument is I've been there for so long I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to my primal self. Yeah. He's sick of life as the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I want him to be my leaf blower. <laughs> That's what I want. But Bridie, what do you want your stunt, uh, well, in your case, your stunt woman to do? Well, look, I'm trying to find a way, like Gary suggested, it's all in the marketing. I need to convince a stunt woman that this is worthy of her time, but I just would really like someone to do my tax return for me. And I just, you know, there's nothing scarier than that to me. So they thrive off fear. Yeah, actually, there are, I think there is a stunt person available. I think they're, they're called an accountant. <laughs> yeah. Staplers yeah. can be dangerous. They can. Yeah. Paper cuts. Yeah, I've seen it all. Yeah, I'm not going back. There. But you've got to decide as a comedian what aspects of your uh, of your life are chargeable as a business expense. Like if you, for instance, go to the supermarket mm. and you buy a banana and you mm. eat the banana and you throw it, throw it thoughtlessly on the ground mm. and you then trip on it, is that a business expense for a comedian? Well, yeah, it is. A, yeah, that's, that's a tax-deductible banana. Yeah. <laughs> We've argued for years that our entire lives are written off. <laughs> in comedy At any moment Anything might be inspiration yeah. For something that we are performing with You're... I currently just wrote off All of my champagne With one ill thought out joke yeah, Your comedy career Has been a write off But uh, not in the accountant's sense That's what I'm saying We've been making this argument For an entire career I made a point Of not getting on more shows <laughs> To stay in this tax bracket Richard maybe this is why I'm scared of going to accountants yeah. The first time I ever went to one When I decided it was time Indeed to be a proper grown-up adult and to face the tax office, I went to an accountant and I said, look, I'm predominantly a voiceover artist. And he was so taken by this that he made me do all the voices I could do in his office. And I said, oh, but no, thank you. Please, please help me with my tax return. And he said, can you do an Irish accent? Can you do... He was so excited. This appointment took so long and I was completely mortified. And then I left and I've been too scared ever since, to go back. And, well, mainly because he wanted you to do the sound of an echidna being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. Do it. Do it. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. <laughs> Who are the winners and losers of this week, Gary Eck? Uh, well, losers, I'm going to say Donald Trump Jr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, unforeseen circumstances, no ticket sales. <laughs> I mean, Donald Trump, I understand. Like, he probably would have to crowd because you know he's the ex-president he's crazy would have been entertaining but donald trump jr that's like buying tickets to taylor swift's third cousin you know? <laughs> no, she's great she's great by the way yeah i did i couldn't even get tickets to her by the way um she can't even sing she's sold out the home bush um yeah or barack obama's neighbor you know <laughs> from 20 years ago to her oh wow let's get tickets to that that sounds unreal um and uh the winner is uh well it's uh the fourth 
400th anniversary of uh, publication of Shakespeare's first folio. Wow. Oh, isn't that amazing? 400 yeah. years. And did you know they were going to name, I didn't know this, but I read it, so it must be true. Um, <laughs> they're going to name Canberra Shakespeare at one stage. Is that right? Yeah. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It sounds like a kind of a weird, you know. Shall I compare thee to a politician? Thou <laughs> about more stupider. Mm. Uh, and they realised it was a pie shop and they thought, no, we can't name our national capital after a pie shop. We can't have that. The best yeah. name for Canberra is a good sheep paddock ruined. <laughs> Don't you hate that thing with Shakespeare? Because of the first folio published, all these people are having that argument yeah. again where people say Shakespeare didn't write Shakespeare. Yeah. And, all, all, and you, you analyse the arguments, it all comes back to the fact that he, he wasn't posh. So they say because he wasn't posh, he couldn't have mm. written all these beautiful things with all these references to psychology mm. and, 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 and to geography and to philosophy. Mm. And you think, what terror? It must have been the Earl of, what do they say, the Earl of Oxford, I think they say. Yeah, some, yeah, some, so some poshy. And it's just class prejudice yeah. masking as an academic theory. Yeah. And then a few people like me are like, what's a folio? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody write those anymore? Can I still get one? Yeah. Where do you get them? <laughs> I want one. I want to write a folio. Yeah. It's- I believe in you, Tommy. You can write a folio. Well, the actors wrote down the. Yeah. St- the actors wrote down the. He didn't write. He didn't sort of see. He didn't sit no there with his, his, uh, his word processor. The actors wrote down the the scripts as they were written and mm. performed, and then they became the first folio. Yeah. Mm. So right. a folio is what is it? A folio is um, four hundred years old. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. By Shakespeare. Well, no, yeah, 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 yeah. It's got plays. It's got words in it. Stop asking questions, Tommy. <laughs> so, Bridie, who were the winners and losers of this week? Losers of the week, the climate. We've had a three of the hottest days in history in a row. So that's a fun fact to go into our weekend. Uh, the winner of the week, the good people of Birdsville and Queensland, who've set a world record for most mm. people dancing the nutbush at one time. A story no. that has filled me with glee. Because mm. it's such a weird thing that because we, I kind of assumed before Sarah McDonald started investigating this on Sydney Radio, I assumed it was an American thing that we had imported, oh, no. but no such thing. This no. is the only place in the world where. If you're having a wedding, in the few moments that they don't play ABBA songs, they put on Nutbush, and everybody knows particular the, ste- the particular yeah. steps to dance to it. Yeah, that is quite a phenomenon. A friend of mine has just moved here from America uh, right at the time um, of Tina's death, and, and Nutbush became the song to celebrate her. And he was he didn't he didn't believe he didn't understand it at all. <laughs> and everywhere he went, people were busting out into the Nutbush. <laughs> and he's like, what is happening? Like, I don't know, man. Well, that's, that's I don't know Australian. either. I just know what happens. Yeah. It's just a thing it's they do. Really yeah. Australian, and it just yeah. makes me delighted every it's time it beautiful. happens. It is Australian now that you think about it, because it's just the same thing over and over again. And then eventually <laughs> everyone just goes, yeah, no, stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, who was chicken dance instead? <laughs> <laughs> who were the winners and losers of uh, the I think the big winner. You know, sometimes you just don't know if you're important in this world. And so I think the big winner is the signaler who took a day off and found out that he's one of the most important people <laughs> in Sydney. So important. Must feel so good. Uh, and the we loser. had the guy on. We had the guy on who runs the trains. And, and he said, and we said, what's the problem? He says, it's a resourcing issue. We said, what do you, what do you mean a resourcing issue? It's the same to do with the staff members. Yeah, yeah, it's to do with staff members. Have you, have, uh, and, you know, and, uh, and, and it all comes down to, yeah, one guy rang in sick. <laughs> so I have all those, uh, it's a resourcing <laughs> issue. I, and I just think it just reminds everyone, everyone's important. Just remember that every time you're thinking about chucking a sickie and getting some free money from the job, you think, no. No, I need the people. I'm here for the people. 
That's what you need to think. Uh, the loser, by the way, is every name in the sealed section that we will eventually know. But we know already they are losers. <laughs> and that is probably right. Bridie Connell, Gary Eck, Tommy Dean, and our lovely audience. Thank yes. you for coming. Thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover. Next week, Vince Sorrenti, Tommy Dean, and Jennifer Wong, Phil Davidson from the Blue Mountains will be here with the music. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. And thank God it's Friday!